This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the big Bathurst special because Bathurst is finally here. We've only had to wait 10 months or so. I think February was the last time we were here for a sprint race. But now we finally get there for the 1,000. And to help me dissect and have a look at everything that's going to happen up there on the mountain over the next uh, 10 days or so, Richard Crowell and Mark Walker. Crowley, g'day to you. G'day, Tony. I, I drove the other day past the Great Wall Chinese restaurant and all of a sudden all was right in the world. Nice. Back in Bathurst, <laughs> the, the mountain's still there. I can confirm it hasn't moved in the intervening period of lockdowns and drama that we've dealt with this year. And uh, everything is good. The, the racetrack looks fantastic. It's been so wet in New South Wales. The place is as green as I have ever seen it. So it, it looks fantastic. Really, really good. Uh, and all is in readiness for what's going to be a ridiculous week of motorsport. And I think, Mark, ridiculous is the right word to use. Uh, Richard, happy podcast. Happy Bathurst week. I don't know if we're allowed to say happy Bathurst week or day, if that is, <laughs> is trademarked. That right? <laughs> do, do super cheap own that. Uh, question without notice. Mm. Is this going to be the best car race meeting in the history of Australian motorsport? Like, have we ever started a race meeting on Tuesday before? Well, no, no. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked at a racetrack for six days before. Yeah. For like a three-day event. And, and we're talking Bathurst 12-hour, of course. But... Uh, I've never done six days of car racing consecutively before. This is a new thing for mine. It's a lot, isn't it? It really is. Yep. There, there, there really is. And, and with, in all sincerity, there is every chance that come Sunday, you're going to be going, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, mate, I reckon I'm going to be at that point Thursday, but then we'll get into the juicy sections like qualifying on Friday afternoon yeah, and that'll, that'll fill up to the, the TTSO on Sunday and we'll be good to go. But, yeah, mate, it is... It's just enormous, just enormous. But what a great spread of categories, though. Really, really cool. I do use the elite of the sport rocking up at this event, which I think is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Not really looking forward to it. And uh, so you're up at Bathurst at the moment. We saw you and Matt Nolte do a little Facebook Live <laughs> lap of the great circuit. That went down no problems at all. Yeah, no, it was nice to just, you know, the customary arrival lap, it is mandatory when you come to Bathurst. You're never actually here unless you've done a lap before the event starts, right? It's, it's how it's got to be. Um, yeah, so we came straight from Sydney Motorsport Park and we should explain to the listener that uh, things are a little bit different this week because as everyone who listens to our show by now knows... We record on a Tuesday night, generally, to our own peril, because it means we miss every single breaking news story that has ever happened in the history of the sport. Um, but because of the time frame, we can't record next Tuesday night because we'll be at a racetrack going car racing, which is tremendous. So we're going early. I, I think they will have some content for you next week. We'll still have an episode, but I think Mark and I, Mark, um, mm. we plan to walk the track, right, at some point. Oh, look, if I have to drive the first half to get to the top <laughs> yeah. um, and then have some sort of relay system get us back back to the car, yeah, um, yeah we'll yeah. work it out. We'll, yeah. we'll do get, something. You can get Pete to take you up in the minibus. Actually, that's not a terrible idea. Not Pete Irvine, our genius, <laughs> yeah. genius volunteer who runs the media centres at our events. 
Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get him to just drive us around in the bus. We'll do 10 laps and just record it. And there's a podcast done next week. That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I like it. No, looking forward to it. Uh, so what's it been like for the teams? Has everyone migrated to Bathurst or all the drivers yep. there at the moment or did anyone stay back? Well, all the Queensland teams are here. Um, so as we drove in on Monday, uh, the Red Bull Holden Racing, to, uh, Red Bull Holden Racing, Red Bull Ample race, Racing, and um, the Shell V Power Racing team rolled into town, and they're now firmly ensconced in their pit lane garages, which is terrific. So, and I think much is the same for all the Queensland teams who got into town early. Um, Victorian teams, I think, for the most part, were going home to um, have some work on their cars and. Tickford to wash away the sins of Sydney Motorsport Park and every memory of that event from their, uh, from their chassis set up and put their Bathurst set up, which was proven to be very fast in and hopefully come back to New South Wales recovered and uh, revitalised after a pretty brutal four weeks, which is good. So, yeah, they're here. They're early, which is probably the earliest they used to arrive. Mark, do you remember back in the day when you, you get the Great Race Annual and the Great Race Annual would start on like the week before with mm-hmm. the earliest of early arrivals. It sort of feels like that in a way. It's kind of cool. It's like a hark back to the old day when people would roll into town super, super early, like a week early for Bathurst, which is great because in the past, in its October slot, it's amazing, but it's another race meeting because they're in on a Tuesday or Wednesday and then they're out Sunday night to go to the Gold Coast or whatever the next event it is. But here they are. Team's already set up, good to go. And while they're not building annexes out the back, they've moved into um, they've moved into the pit lane garages. It's got that early arrival vibe like it used to have, which I love. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, and I think for a lot of people, I'm obviously not the supercars teams and whatnot that have been sequestered to Sydney Motorsport Park for the last month, but I know for myself, I'm keen as mustard to get there because I haven't been to Bath there since 2019. Yeah. And, you know, I'd been going since the mid-90s. So it's been weird not going there for these past couple of years. So I'm sure a lot more people have been going to Bathurst a lot longer than I have, uh, really keen to get there. It's a bit of a shame that the Queensland border situation and the Western Australia border situation haven't played out because there's Mm. still a a lot of fans and officials and and friends of the show and friends of the sport that won't be able to get there. But, um, you know, fingers crossed things can sort themselves out next year and we can actually have an actual normal Bathurst. Mm. A normal season would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's start at the start have and it, not get interrupted halfway through. Where's the calendar? <laughs> it, it's coming. It's coming. It, yeah. I, I think you'll see a calendar very early next week. Um, in race week, it, it's not far away. Uh, the the word I'm getting is that it's very close from for all the various properties. And Can if I, it's not next week, it'll be the week after. I'll, I'll throw something in here, and I know it won't happen. But my my comment is that if the that's never weekend, stopped your pitching, Shavex. It's never no, stopped weekend, your pitching. The weekend before. of October wasn't so important to the history of Bathurst. I wonder whether they would consider making the Bathurst One Thousand the final event. Now they've done it before. It used to be run in late November, and mm. it was the last event of the year. Ah, whatever. It's yeah. been a couple of years now, and it has a nice build up. Yeah, but it's it's got a nice build up this year because of what the year has been, and the fact we all took four months off in the middle of it. I think, I, I don't I don't think it's got anything to do with the fact it's the final round, yeah. and it, it's it's not because who cares? Like the championship's done. Done. Yeah. True. There's not that much to play for, really. Like no one gives a stuff if Will Davison or Chas Mostert finishes third in the championship, 
except for Will Davison and Chas Mostert, probably. But even they go, oh, well, who really gives us stuff? So I don't think, no, nah, I, I don't think so, mate. I, I think it goes back to October. The other thing is there's there's too much cash money from state governments wanting to have yeah. the um, the privilege of hosting the final round for it to go here. And New South Wales already fork out plenty of cash for their various motorsport properties. And remember, they commence the season next year. So this is unprecedented. They, they end the 2021 season. They start it next year with the Bathurst 12 hour and Newcastle back to back. Like it's pretty bloody big stint for New South Wales motorsport. It's huge. So no, I don't think so. I, I, I'm sold on the GC being the final round. I was a lamp for that this year. School is for grownups quite literally. That's a good point. Uh, crowds. We've got, is there a limit on numbers? So my information is this, there's no limit per se. Um, however, the expectation from supercars events is somewhere in the vicinity of 50 to 70% of usual. Um, and apparently chatting to a couple of people within the game, the, the problem not necessarily has been COVID. It's been that everyone all of a sudden is free to do what they want and travel and they're electing to go on holiday or visit family they haven't seen in 6, 12, 18 months. And the Bathurst trip has been put aside for that, which is perfectly understandable. But 60% of your standard Bathurst crowd is still a lot of people. And I mean, I don't think they've released all the campgrounds and all the campgrounds that they've released aren't fully sold out. Normally it's chockers and you have to camp the other side of town if you Mm -hmm. want to pitch a tent somewhere so there's obviously some some spare capacity there and you know obviously the camping culture is so important to the event and mm. not everyone's able to make it work and i mean i know so many queenslanders who've yeah come down every year since they were yeah one year old and here they are they're not able to make the trip so that, that'll take a bite into it so mm. yeah, it'd be good to see them back yeah it certainly will be and look it'll be fantastic for the town of bathurst as well which has been hit pretty severely over the last uh couple of years in regards to the amount of racing that it's lost and racing is no doubt the lifeblood of that town. I tell you what though it's bloody busy this joint Yeah, we got here Monday absolutely packed, traffic everywhere, shops full, it's a really good vibe I, I, this place has bounced back much quicker than Sydney and from what I experienced in Melbourne 12 months ago after the first lot of lockdowns, she's absolutely pumping at the moment and, and I don't I don't know if that's a uh, Bathurst, the race has been a contributing factor or not. Certainly the town is is decked out. The colours are up, you know, Repco signs on every flagpole in town. So they're pre- going pretty hard on their activations already, which is great. And um, even as we talk, it's Wednesday evening, went for a, a wander to find coffee at Crema Coffee, which is on George Street, which is the best little hole in the wall coffee shop in Bathurst. And, um, you know, there's towns already starting to get their checkered flags up in the window. So everyone's embracing it, which is great. Um, but there, it is, it's a different vibe though. Um, and yeah, it does feel a little bit strange that it's, it's, we're not here in October for this race. So I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it being back in October. The best thing is we only have to wait 10 months for the Bathurst 1000 again. How good is that? Exactly. All right, but let's start to dissect the six days. And I suppose the best way to do that is we'll, we'll save supercars towards the end. Mm. But let's go through the support categories because there is a fair bit to look at over the uh, the six days of racing. Kick it off with TCR, I suppose, as, as being one of the major uh, one of the major players. 
Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that there's been such a rivalry between those two categories, whether real or perceived, and all of a sudden they end up on the same bill, which is interesting. The big thing for me, Mark, is what happens to Chaz Mostert because there's been some reticence, I know, about drivers doing double duty between them, but he is in the absolute box seat to win the TCR Australia Championship. So what happens? Does does he barrel out and win the title and park it? Does he do the whole weekend? Like That's the question for mine because you know what Chaz is like. He's a filthy racing animal. All he wants to do is win races and win titles. Well, I thought that he was going to pull the pin on the TCR stuff. I mean, obviously he cleaned up there at Easter time and TCR mm-hmm. was in support to the six hour, absolutely smoked everyone. And the Audi is a good thing around Bathurst. So he'd probably be out in front and nice and safe and, and clean and tidy out there. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. It'll be interesting. Obviously the TCR guys, they put on a decent show at Easter, but um, they've had a long time on the sidelines, haven't they? It's been a long time between drinks with those guys. So they'll have to clean out the cobwebs early on the week and um, it'll be good to see how they go. So for those tuning in here in Australia and from right around the world, Tuesday's cars on track are the V8 Super Utes, the Touring Car Masters, the Australian GT, TCR and Trans Am and the S5000s hit the track for the first time on Tuesday afternoon. That pretty much goes through into Wednesday, except added to that schedule is the, what's, oh, the Toyota 86s. TGRA 86, I just couldn't get my head around that for a sec. Toyota 86s. The Porsche Carrera Cup starts on Wednesday. First practice session at 20 to 10. And the Dunlop Series also kicks off on Wednesday as well. Yeah, it's big. Obviously, Rich, S5000, that's your baby. Uh, How excited is Richard Crail, let alone the S5000? Before we find out how excited Richard Crail is, yeah, lots of questions to be asked as well. And and I think I, I, I pose the question of a lot of them is what, what do you do to set the thing up? Like, do you make a, a jet down the straight and what rubbish across the top? Or do you wind as much wing in as you can over the top to make it handle and sacrifice some straight line speed? Can there, I suggest that they just get the numbers of Jensen Button dialed in. <laughs> just go with that. Yeah, but that thing was like crashing on the rev limiter by the first <laughs> hump on Conrad straight. Uh, they won't be doing 148s either. I'll give you the hot tip. Um, Look, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. It's probably one of the more interesting stories of the week. I think is to see how it goes, and mm. no one knows, no one knows. But but there were the same. How do you think it'll go? That, well, I think it'll you go all right, mate. There might be a major accident. No, I don't, because right. the the talent in the field, and we saw this on Sunday at City Motorsport Park. Like they, these guys can drive. The, the it is a really good quality grid um and and that is great there's there's no nuffies on this s5000 field you know there's 11 or 12 cars every single one of them can drive they're all within a second in qualifying they're all pretty smart sensible races and they got a wet race in on the weekend and other categories didn't so and i think they did a good job yes there were some spins yes there were some moments but I, i've got a lot of faith in the driving ability in the S5000 grid. And you've got guys like Joey Mawson, Roberto Mary, who is an absolute boss and PS is going to ride his bike up to Bathurst from Sydney. Um, so that seems keen. That's you'll be good keen. mates with him, Mark Walker. He loves the cycle. Um, you seen the state of me lately? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if COVID has been quite so rough in Spain, but um, 
Are you are you actually talking about his push bike? Yes, pushy. He brought I his push bike down. He, he brought his push oh, bike down. Lord. Yeah, yep, yep. Right. Madman, complete madman. Lovely bloke, and you heard him talk about it. And um, very, very keen to get to Mount Panorama. I don't think we've seen the last of Roberto Mary in Australia either. PS, by the way, more on that later on on the grid. But um, it's it's sailing into the unknown. But this this was the same. We we worked for um, four years to get Formula Three to Bathurst. And we finally got Formula 3 there in 2000 and I'm going to say 12. Um, and everyone had these massive predictions of doom and it was great. Oh, fantastic. Now, yes, S5000 is a completely different animal. Cars produce their speed very differently. They're much more serious than a Formula 3 car. Get all of that. Um, so is it going to be a challenge? 100% it is. Absolutely. Will it be spectacular? Yep. <laughs> yep. Real spectacular, but I, I genuinely think the racing will be pretty good. It's such a good field that I'm I'm comfortable that these guys will put on a good show. I, I just hope it isn't a nice, clean, safe, good show because you know it's been such a long time between drinks for big hairy chested open wheelers at Bathurst. You know, 1973, mm. such a long time ago, isn't it? So mm. I mean, obviously Bathurst is a radically different beast now, but um, yeah, I just hope they they put on a decent show and all keep it on the island. There was a little bit of uh, chitter chat on the socials in regards to the S5000s at Sydney. Was that warranted, Richard? Uh, no. No. I, no, it was interesting. Oh, the, there are some people who have watched S5000 and are looking at it in the isolation of the category that it is right now without taking into account any broader circumstances. And I did read some comments, oh, how can it be a Tasman series without any New Zealand drivers? <laughs> well, yeah. ask Jacinda Ardern that because like Richie Stanaway and Greg Murphy, Greg Murphy, arguably the highest profile Kiwi racing driver in this part of the world for what? Since Jim Richards, yeah, right? Folk hero of the sport, couldn't race the Bathurst 1000 because they couldn't get back to New Zealand because of their mandatory hotel quarantine rules. So I don't know how they expect New Zealand drivers to get over if Greg Murphy can't do it. If Murph can't race, no one going to race unless they live here. So there's that. Some people had a crack at the field size. Well, it was bigger than it was in the Australian Drivers' Championship. So clearly it's improving. we got two great international drivers down. One of them, he raced Formula One. Um, was it a good show on the weekend? Race one was rubbish. I don't think anyone would disagree with me there it wasn't a great show two safety cars we got about two two laps of racing that was the way it is but race two was a very good car race and race three in the rain i thought they put on a really good show yeah look people are gonna complain about these things and everyone's got an opinion and i've seen some opinions about people adding downforce to it well the whole idea of this category is to not have downforce in the cars because if you look at formula one and you look at indycar and all these categories they're going oh we've got to pull downforce out of these things to stop them being unable to pass it's like well supercars exactly correct the whole thing about gen 3 is to produce a better product no i'm not worried about it shibex i think it'll it'll look after itself Carrera cup another one of the big categories there uh over the six days 27 cars boys what it's a great feel isn't it and mm. i did see too that all 32 of the new cars have been sold for next year, which is Correct. amazing if they could get a 32-car field. Correct. And the interesting thing is Carrera Cup's doing a double round. So two races per round. They have a race Thursday and a race Friday. That's round four. 
and then a race Saturday and a race Sunday, and that's round five. So that will get them then to tail and bend the week after where they'll have round six, and they'll get a six-round championship in, which is great because, like, you guys have watched Crow Cup this year. It's been unhinged how good that racing is. Mm. I'm ridiculously biased, but, like, you guys aren't as affiliated to it as I am, but it's pretty hard to disagree that it hasn't been spectacular racing, right? Mm. Not true. Mm. Always is. What about Super 2, Mark? Um, what did we see on the weekend? Matt Payne, what's your take? So frustrating. It's so hard to get a read on it, isn't it? Because Would- he's out there trying to get an exemption on his super license. He was so quick. He top testing, top practice, top the co-driver session in the main game. I mean, I don't know whether they threw some tyres at him. Obviously, uh, being a new entry, his practice tyres were would have been yeah. probably pretty good. He was on so, good rubber, apparently. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, that that would factor in a bit, but he still have to do the time. And then he goes and jams it on the front row and qualifying. Thumbs up, because everyone's on the same tyres and qualifying and had an equal shot. There weren't any red flags or anything silly going on towards the end of that session. Stalls it on the grid for the second time in a few race meetings for him. Then has a monster shunt on Sunday that knocks down the walls and delays the start of the main game. Do you sign off on this guy's super licence or do you say, go and do some more miles? Obviously, he's fast, but Mm. everything else has to be tidied up for him to get a go. The roller coaster there on the weekend at the track was extraordinary from what he did on Friday. Now, top practice, top co-driver session. Amazing. Everyone's going, Oh, this is the second coming of Scott McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, who remember took a couple of years to win super two. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he would have been in my opinion, better served finishing fourth in every session. 150%. Of course. Mm. It's being conspicuous. I mean, yeah. you've made your point. There was no point going out there and trying to be a champion and, and do anything special in the rain on Sunday, but uh, mm. you certainly got the attention there. Mm. Certainly did. Uh, other categories that are racing up there. Touring Car Masters, Richard. A five-car championship fight and Will three of the... Will you have a voice by Sunday? Sorry, say again? Will you have a voice by Sunday? You're no, mate. It's going to be buggered. i tell you what. <laughs> I was buggered after the weekend, way out of form. I was rubbish on the weekend and like my voice was shagged and I did three races. One <laughs> of them had two racing laps. <laughs> it was real, real dodgy. So a bit of work to do, I think. There'll be a bit of a uh, bit of vocal training before I go on air. She's going to be huge. Yeah. She's going to be big, but um, that's all right. That's what we do. Look forward to it. Um, TCM, how good is this? So there are five contenders in the TCM title fight. One of them's Cameron Tilly and that awesome V8 Valiant Pacer. The other one's Marcus Sikanovic, who we all know, V8 Ute champion, Commodore Cup champion. But the other three are a Bow, a Johnson, and a Hansford. Not bad. How, how sick's that? Isn't that just awesome? It's so good. So Bowie leads Ryan Hansford by 10 points. Uh, Stevie J's in fifth in the championship, but only 58 points off the lead. So it's going to be mint. It's such good racing. Bowie's comeback from his health problems. It's yep. just been consistent all year long, hasn't it? I mean, he hasn't been out there smoking everyone every race meeting. He's just been picking mm. up points while everyone else has had some dramas around him. So mm. that'll be interesting. Old uh, JB is pretty handy around the mountain, isn't he? I um, I spoke to Ryan Hansford earlier today as we record this, and he said, mate, if I'm half as fast as he is when I'm his age, yep. I'll be the happiest person in the world. And do you know what? I had completely forgotten that he went through that remarkable cancer fight earlier this year. And, and it's the same with Thomas Randall. It shows you how crazy this year's been that that's, that was one of the big storylines, wasn't it? Early in the season after yeah. he won at Simmons Plains, it came out that he'd, he'd had this battle with, with cancer. 
So the other week at the historic Sandown in the historic touring cars, there was a yellow Mustang going around. And every lap, he nailed all the apexes. And I had no program. You have no idea what's going on. You take a few photos and go, God, that guy's, that guy's on it. Mm. John Bauer. Yeah. Of course he was on it. Yeah. John Bauer. Yeah. And to show you boys how serious he is about winning this title. And the funny thing about JB is like, yeah, you, know, you came to win the title again, JB. Oh, mate, I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here to enjoy the racing, look after my sponsors. He came up for Challenge Bathurst two weeks ago and pounded the Tirana around for a day. He was, he was testing at Bathurst for to try and win the TCM title. And he did, he did a low two minute 17, which is as fast as a TCM car just about has gone around Mount Panorama. So don't, don't, he is absolutely dead keen to win this championship, which is just awesome. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Supercars hit the track for the first time on Thursday. Two practice sessions on Thursday, two practice sessions on Friday, plus a late afternoon qualifying. Top 10 shootout on Saturday, race on Sunday. It's uh, life back to normal. We hope. And... Yeah, late late start. I think we all agree we like that for this you know, for this year. Well, have we flagged it with the Chinese restaurant? Uh, not yet. No, I haven't dropped by yet. No, I've got plenty of time. We'll drop by. Just oh, Mr. Kral. Stay open. Great, <laughs> Stay great, open. The great wall. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think? I suppose the biggest question is, does anyone beat 97? No. <laughs> it's hard to see no. it, isn't it, Charette? It is hard to see it. I mean... Is you've got two gun drivers, haven't you? 2021 uh, champion, Garth Tander, who's just knows his way around Bathurst like I know my way around the local streets at home. It's just... I was wondering where you were going with that. Um, but th- this is the thing, and with the fullest of respect to DJR, the third best driving combination is probably Cam Waters and James Moffat. Yep. Yep. I but reckon... Like- you look at Van Gis, he's had 35 races this year, 19 wins, 29 podiums, New Zealand mm. Grand Prix, Bathurst six-hour, GT World Challenge at Bathurst at Easter. Mm. He uh, won both races at the Mount Panorama 500, both <laughs> races at the Townsville 500, the only race at the, Sand, the S&P 500, 14 supercar races in total. Did you mention by the Bathurst six-hour, by the way? And, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and did you know his co-driver's Garth Tander? Yeah, exactly. What pandemic? <laughs> yeah, it's outrageous. But, you know, the, the challenge is, the thing is, once again, Red Bull are lobbing up there with two all-star combinations. Mm. Yeah, Jamie Winkup, he, he's shown these last few weeks, he's still got fire and he's still got determination. He still won a race last weekend. So, so he can still do it. You know, you look at Lance, 2018, his last full-time season, he won mm. Bathurst. Yep. And yep. you could arguably, Winkup's having a lot better season than Lance did in 2018. So, well, and, and Craig's still current because he's still racing and he's competitive in Carrera Cup and he's going off to drive F1 cars and all sorts of stuff. So he's still fast. The thing is, having two excellent cars is great, but they're sharing a boom. Yeah. And it happens every year at Bathurst that someone has to double stack. So qualifying. It all comes down to yeah. qualifying, that first stint. Who's going mm. to be out in front of those two? And it goes for all the, the good teams up that end of the pit lane that have two contenders one of them's going to lose out imagine imagine if they're one two which is entirely conceivable on lap and everyone takes that early lap sort of 13 14 pit stop yep in case especially if a safety car comes in because that's what gets you that critical 137 number um imagine imagine they're one two half a second apart on lap 12 like if if you're second and you're shane you send it because you want to be in front 
for when you go that early pit stop strategy. And then the other question is, do you split your strategies? Do you pit one on lap 14 and then run the other one all the way to 22 or 23 and do the usual sort of long run strategy with the short final stint? It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, isn't it? I love it. it. I don't think the Wink Cup Van Gisbergen rivalry for what it is, is over yet. I think it's still got a, a oh, chapter yeah. to play out next week. And, and it could be when Craig and Garth are in the car. Like, there's entirely, entirely believable that those two will be together on track at some point. You know, we've got a story up on the race talk, I assume. You know, this is podcast time, so you don't know what's on. We're going out in Friday, future, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, righto. So uh, looking at the strategy for these last five years, and rain will be a big wild card. It's something that mm. the, the weather forecasters are saying is definitely on the cards for the whole week, basically. Well, we're in so, La Nina now, whatever that means. So it's going to be well, wet. I mean, it's flooding in Forbes, and Forbes doesn't sound too far away from <laughs> Bathurst. It's really not. But, you know, the, the wet race in 2017, mm. that was really mixed up strategy-wise. There wasn't a lot of safety cars in the first half of the race. Mm. The tendency is if they're safety cars, they're going to fall after lap 80. Yep. And then it's all about getting to that lap 135. If it's wet, you can probably draw it back a couple laps because in 2017, they were able to get 27 laps out of a stint yeah. uh, because of the wet. And then you can pretty much bank on there being some late safety cars. So it's all a matter of just positioning yourself that you can maximise that stop on lap 135. We saw it last year. It was a matter of getting the co-drivers laps over and done with quickly. Yeah. At the start, not having the co-drivers... Like we had Tim Slade going up against Van Gears and all that, and, and it didn't smoke. work for mm. Car 17. They wound up coming fifth. Mm. So, you know, it's there's so much to play out early in the race to get the co-drivers out of the way. They've got to do 57 laps, uh, 54 laps, but then the main driver can't do three and a half hours straight. Yeah. So yeah. there's so much still at play. You know, they've still got to do the seven stops, still got to do the brake pad change. It's not a straightforward thing. So yeah. that, that whole strategy play, and, you know, if it's wet, that's going to throw a different curveball into the mix entirely. You mentioned the combination of Waters and Moffat probably being the third best combination in the field. You'd have to put very close to that the combination of Mostert and Holdsworth for experience. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I still think it's risky not having Warren Luff in your car at Bathurst if you can, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> his, track rec- his track record's ridiculous at this yeah. point. Like, how how have they not? Lethal is an outstanding driver, don't get me wrong. But Warren Luff's track record at Mount Panorama, if you're unfamiliar with it, folks, I'll run through it for you because I prepared these stats earlier. So in 2011, well, no, so 2010, right, he finished fifth with James Courtney for Dick Johnson Racing. Next year, he was with Nathan Pretty at LDM. So not a team that's going to contend for podiums at Bathurst and finished 15th. Since then, 2012, Craig Lance finished third. 2013, Craig Lance finished third. Didn't start with Garth Tander in 2014 for obvious reasons. Third in 2015 with Garth Tander. DNF in 2016 with Garth Tander. Second with Scott Pye in 2017 and 2018. A woeful, woeful seventh, seventh in 2019. No good. No good. <laughs> and then last year he's back on the bloody podium with Chaz Mostert. But, so Bryce Forward is going to get a Bathurst trophy next week. <laughs> but then it's the, the races that he didn't get results. 2016. They were on for an absolute Correct. podium exactly there, right. until and they got the, wiped out. The rejoin killed them, didn't it, that year? Yeah, what a thing. What a thing. Maybe they, maybe they did do it to give Bryce a bit of a, a chance of sort of finishing oh, up well. there. I mean, it could be the kind of event that he absolutely shines at after a rough season. But then you, you look at Chaz. I mean, I 
got Chaz alone in the mix because yep. he was on the podium there last year. Yep. He was on the podium at the start of the year. You know, he's forming the TCR cars. At Bathurst, he's a gun. Well, and it's, it's a track where the WIU, the weaknesses of the WIU cars are, are not present. They've, they've been competitive all the way through their dry spell, haven't they? And that podium track record of Wazza's talks about it. So, yeah, they're, they're, that's a contender. Car 25 is a contender. But I, th- I think by that nature, you have to consider car two as perhaps not a, a race-winning contender, but certainly top 10 because Bryce is fast and he's got plenty of miles there now. And with with the steady hand of Warren Laugh, if they get if they get 25 up and running, there's no reason why that second car couldn't do a really decent job and end out. Um, and, and when you look against some of the other combinations, do you know, do you know what I think is in the top five strongest driving combinations in this race? Yeah. It's Andre Heimgartner and Matt Campbell. Yeah. The only problem is they're, they're driving a Kelly car. Well, so if it rains, they win it by lap. <laughs> That's a problem. You look at <laughs> Kelly racing it, since they formed, they've had 49 entries in the Bathurst mm. 1000. Yep. They got, Third in 2011 with Murph and Simonson. Second in 2014 with Moff and Douglas. Since mm. then, they've only had a sixth place with Caruso one year. Yeah. They've had so much potential and mm. they've never had form in these recent years. So I'm just not trusting their uh, luck or anything no. going their way. And it's a shame because Matt Campbell, I mean, yeah. he's got so many miles under his belt this year as a Porsche factory ace everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is as sharp as he's ever been as a driver and loved by Triple Eight when he drove with them. So, it's a great combo, but yeah, you're right. Well, what, what KGR do we get? Like they could roll around in the dry and be 20th and 21st for all we know. But, but I, I back, I would back car seven over the sister car over 26 over of Reynolds course. and Yulden and Reynolds and Yulden won this race in 20, uh, 2017. But I just, I feel like Heimgartner's raw speed and Campbell's guile for lack of a better word is is a really really good combo but like what's with that team whenever it rains they are super fast now is it the fact they don't have enough horsepower are they still struggling because they were late to the ford mustang party we with the the tk story of building those engines has been well documented on the internet um so is it just the fact that they've because they're down on grunt when it when it rains they're they're bloody good because they don't have the same kind of horsepower, or maybe their cars are too soft. Year. Like we had power last year, though. Andre even won a race. Well, yeah, he did. That but was this year. Yeah. That was this year. But oh, uh, the bend. But it was it was inclement conditions when he won that race. You back. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, but so if it's a wet Bathurst. They have to be contenders. Surely they have to be contenders. Yeah, Yildon back in twenty nineteen. Mm. You, you sit there and practice, and you can tell who's going to crash. Yep. You just know people going way too hard too early. Mm. And Luke Yildon, straight out of the gate, and, and he broke the car off. Mm. And they wound up bouncing back at Erebus, and they got a fifth. And then he, he crashed again at Sand and had some other dramas, got benched for last year. In off the bench, he's obviously had a little bit of mileage there. Which will uh, help him the massively. first couple of weeks, which mm. has to help. So, um, mm. yeah, mm. interesting. Other, other stronger combos... Yeah, it's it's not it's not that strong a grid in terms of the overall combos. You got to be honest. Like it is unusual though that we've gone through ten cars and we haven't mentioned a Dick Johnson racing car yet. Well, it's probably telling Shebex, I reckon. Yeah. The the other ones that I'm looking at that could go okay. Well, we're not going to win it, but you could get a good result based on your two drivers. Um, Courtney Randall's a pretty decent combination. Tom Randall is sharp. Fresh out of Super 2, he's been racing S5000, 
He's had the couple of wild card starts. He's been around the paddock, spends all his life on his simulator anyway. Um, I don't mind that. And James, you know, love him or hate him. He's got heaps of experience at Bathurst. So if Tickford turn out good cars, then there's no reason why that combo couldn't be somewhere in the mix because I think from a driving point of view, they're pretty solid. Um, uh, it, it's hard work. My, 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 say again. Winner Bottom and Caruso? Uh, yeah, but Robbo, yeah, he's been racing TCR. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Honestly, I reckon Scott Pye and James Golding's probably the pick of the Team 18 cars. Yeah. But the, the thing is, there's six months off. It just mm. feels everyone's in the same boat and the same amount yeah. of greenness. Like last year, some people had a, a sneaky little advantage sort of thing and were able to get some more miles on the side. It's such a, a level playing field for all those guys. You talk about Tickford. After they won that race in 2013, 2014, they roll up every year and they're contenders. Yep. And even at the start of the year, they had all three cars in the top eight. Yep. Yep. You know, they can absolutely wheel out Bathurst and yep. get it done. And you look at those last few weeks where they're coming good in the last race of the weekend. Guess yep. what the last race in the weekend is? <laughs> yeah, correct. Bathurst 1000. They'll, they'll be fine. My... Team, 18, team 18, you talk about them. Mm. You know, Scott Pye's in really good form, you know, 9th, 5th, 18th, 6th, 12th, 6th, 6th. Yep. That they've had really good form at Bathurst since this new version with the triple eight and winner bottom. They've never yeah. finished lower than eighth. Yeah. And they've got two other sixth place finishes as their they're a good long distance team, finishes. aren't they? they yeah. Can, they can get it done at Bathurst. And, absolutely. And I, I, I think Beeb is in really good touch. Like he's real he's sharp, sharp as attack. And he's been very good in S five thousand. So I think that'll help him. And he is doing double duty as well. So he'll he will be pin sharp if he has to start that race as the co-driver on Sunday, he'll be 50 minutes removed from driving the S5000. So the supercar is going to seem like a waddling around at 20 Ks an hour after that. He'll, he'll bloody lead the thing. The other combo boys, I think that that I'll throw a little bit of bit of cash on, not that I gamble, but it, it has to be car nine, Will Brown and Jack Perkins. That's a good combo. Will Brown, we all know, he's been in such good form. And Jack's sharp. He's been doing some plenty of miles. He was um, the co-driver cup. It was was interesting. And, and I worked with these blokes in TV land last weekend and the co-driver cup session at Sydney Motorsport Park boys was um, what 20, I think they were 23rd, 24th and 25th or something like that was, <laughs> was, was Tanda Lowndes and Perkins, which was great, but that's a good combo, isn't it? With, with Will Brown in great form, Erebus in pretty good touch. They seem to have rectified their pit stop issues, touch wood. Um, that's a good, that's a sneaky for a podium for mine. Uh, and there's no pressure on the pit stops at Bathurst mm. because you've got fuel there that's going to ask any dramas you got. You've got all day to get the tyres on, so that's not going to be a problem. Mm. And obviously the second car there, Brody Kostecki and Dave Russell. I love Coity, but um, it's just lacked a bit of miles lately, I reckon. Well, he's had no miles. Yep. Yeah. As far as yeah. We, can, we can speculate as much as we like, but the only real thing that matters in regards to picking a winner at Bathurst is numerology. And our great mate, Dale Rogers, has put this little segment together. But I won't disappoint the team because uh, I am going back in time just to show my age once again. Um, my earliest Bathurst memory is, is quite a strange one. Uh, my first visit to the mountain was in 1976 and uh, uh, we'd seen the, the cars run at Sandown and uh, we headed up there with a friend of mine uh, who lived in Finlay, New South Wales. Uh, caught the train up there and we drove up to Bathurst in his HQ Holden wagon, um, which became our, uh, our camping van for the weekend. When we arrived, and I think it was Friday morning, we got we drove in. Uh, we could hear cars, but we couldn't see anything. So we just timed at the start of 
uh, of a practice session and as we crested um, into the Reed Park area along the, the, the road in the camping ground and it was, it was very much uh, more agricultural than it is today, uh, we heard a car explode over the top and I vividly can see this car, it was Alan Grice's Craven Mild L34 Tirana and it absolutely came past us, although we were obviously on the other side of the fence, at speeds that were just off the planet. I can still see it, I can still hear it, and then of course the, he, he obviously had gapped the field out of the pits because then other cars started coming through. But just seeing that first car come across the top, bounce down into, uh, into Reed Park at speeds that were just extraordinary for the time, on a track that was incredibly unsafe, I might add there, was a great memory and I can still vividly see Gricey wrestling the Craven Mole to run her across the top. Uh, my favourite Bathurst memory uh, is also in ancient history times, uh, much to your amusement. Um, but I really have a, a soft spot for the 1974 race uh, where Johnny Goss brought the McLeod Ford home, the privateer beating the, the, the might of the works team and a car that Alan Moffat had built in the USA at reportedly $150,000 for 1974. That's a lot of hooch. Uh, Gossi was uh, towards the front most of the day, had some problems early on. Uh, but was in the hunt, but the two um, uh, Marlboro uh, Hollandil team uh, L34s were really uh, on fire, uh, literally until their oil coolers uh, uh, had problems and they had massive oil surge and both cars went out, leaving Gossi uh, in the front. Um, very, very wet day, shocking conditions, um, looked a bit like SMP last week. Um, and uh, he came into the pits with a broken wheel, he'd, he'd, he'd hit uh, the bankman up at McPhillamy and came in and Alan Moffat was in the pits um, and he, uh, he ensured that uh, Gossie's car, although sponsored by Bridgestone, uh, got Moffat's very, very slick, um, or very schmick I should say, uh, Goodyear uh, wet weather tyres which were bolted on to, to Gossie's car. Um, an amazing victory, uh, one, for the, one for the ages. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, Gossie's probably still talking about it and you can probably find him somewhere in his race suit this weekend. But uh, yeah, I reckon that was just one of the cracking wins uh, up at the mountain. Picking a winner this year is like picking a touch lot of numbers. Uh, there are just really uh, a number of drivers who can win this race. Um, for mine, obviously Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander stand out as will have to go in as favourites. Uh, Anton De Pasquale, also incredibly quick at the moment. Can his co-driver uh, keep the pace? Uh, I'm going for an outsider. Uh, I think it could be the year that Tickford finally don't fall on their sword at uh, the mountain, and I'm uh, tipping Cam Waters and James Moffat, who is one of the best co-drivers in the field, to bring the Monster Mustang home in first place. And finally, Richard, uh, a little bit of Bathurst numerology just to uh, whet the appetite for the coming weekend. The last four Bathurst 1000s, the podium has seen this. Triple Eight have been on three times. Tickford have been on once. DJR have been on three times. And WAU have been on four times. So if you add those stats up, you get 11. Car number 11. Anton Di Pasquale and Tony D'Alberto could take the DJR tally to four in five. It's amazing how these numbers fall. Get on it. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. It takes him a long time to get that, uh, and I'm not sure whether he's got the winner, don't but know. he'll go close. I know that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. <laughs> Numerology just leaves you speechless at the end of it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Any, anyway, it, it's an art form. 
It's got so something. we're probably close to winding this show up, Shebex. Like, do we do we tip? Is this what happens now? Well, I, well, before we do, let's have a listen to some of the great podcasters right around this great land of ours. And Richard, you caught up with a fair few of them well, around Bathurst and City Motorsport Park in the last couple of weeks. Shebex, here on the grid, we sit firmly on the fence. We've got no... Uh, alliances, no hatred. Like we'll talk to anybody, we'll have a beer with anybody if they're willing to buy it. Um, and so we we put the net out early this week and said, hey, if you do a motorsport podcast in this country, or if you're a journo, um, and if we like you and you've bought us beers in the past, um, give us your thoughts. So we asked them some questions. Uh, what is your personal favourite Bathurst memory? Um, and basically asked them to tip the great race. What was your first Bathurst memory? What's your favourite Bathurst yeah. moment? And tip the great race. So there's a cast of thousands in here. Um, so, some interesting notable names and luminaries in the sport, in the media world. So do have a listen. Uh, well, perhaps while you're listening, head to doric.com.au forward slash shop and uh, buy some gear from Doric and plug the promo code TRT in at the end to get 25% off all of your purchases. And we thank Tom and the team at Doric for their support of the racetalk.com and on the grid over the last couple of weeks. And, and um, most importantly, forget your 25% off. We get another sponsorship next year. So jump y- on. Yes. Yes. So please jump on. Exactly right. Exactly That's right. We, he needs to keep up his appearances on the grid that we can keep talking about. Yeah. Hashtag Doric guy has Doric thrown guy. the challenge out there to uh, mention the epic uh, door lock. It's amazing. Go and look it up. Doric.com.au slash E-P-E-C. Yep. The epic. I'll be known to well, you. Let's have a the guys. Uh, from our podcast right here in Australia and find out what their thoughts are on the great race. G'day guys, Rusty here from the Rusty's Garage podcast uh, on Listener and I've started a new little project called The Grill with the actor Shane Jacobson. So a bit like an FM radio show, all things automotive. Um, You've asked me for my favourite Bathurst 1000 on-track moment. Um, Very vivid recollections of the lap of the gods with Greg Murphy and being there to interview him as soon as he got out of the car that day and watching the fiercest rivals in the pit lane come out to acknowledge what he and the Kmart team had achieved. So that's a a very special one. Something a little left of field uh, and different. As a pure fan, I was there um, in my late teens under the podium in 1992 when um, Jimmy Richards called everyone a pack of arseholes. So that's one I'll, I'll never forget. My earliest memory of the great race is having a spatula between the cushions on the lounge at mum and dad's place as probably a seven-year-old and impersonating Brocky going up the hill in the A9X. Um, And then a couple of years later, we did a family road trip around New South Wales in mum's buttercup yellow Toyota Corona. And there's a a funny photo of um, our whole family. It might have been 79 or 80 uh, on the grid with the James Hardy Bridge um, in the background. The great race is very special to me for, for different reasons. I've loved cars and racing ever since I was knee-high. To get there and to go and work um, at one of the biggest places and theatres of global motorsport over more than 20 years has been uh, something I'm very, very proud of. You get a, an understanding of the rich history of the place, how daunting it is to drive, how special the men and women are that race around there, what they can do with those cars um, at, at such an addictive and yet treacherous place at the same time. And as a sporting event, um, it always seems to throw up something very special, something unique and, and, and different. Um, 
and you know, for all of those collective reasons, it's it's very special to me. It's so hard to pick a winner of this one. My immediate thought is that um, the defending winners are very likely to go back to back. I think Garth Tander and Shane Van Gisbergen, along with uh, Red Bull Ampol Racing, are, are just such a strong combination. And Shane comes in um, having put the the championship in his pocket. Um, so he doesn't have to worry about that, which I think is another very important thing for, for Bathurst. So for me, they're probably the pick, but there's there's a lot that have a point to prove in this year's race. The time off we've had because of um, COVID and, and lockdowns and so on, that'll be a factor um, too. Now, you've asked me to end this with a blatant plug uh, for stuff I do. I don't want to do that. I actually want to spend a moment and give you guys a bit of a plug because the race talk um, have always embraced the industry um, the constituents in it, uh, the fact that you're prepared to reach out to all of us with rival podcasts and embrace uh, embrace that just just shows how much you love uh, the sport um, and the game generally. So um, thanks to you guys for the opportunity for letting me uh, come on and I cannot wait to see you all at the mountain for a little lemonade and uh, to enjoy some good racing. Cheers. Hi, I'm Andrew Van Leeuwen. I'm the Australian editor at motorsport.com. And my personal favourite Bathurst 1000 on-track moment has got to be the lap of the gods. I know it's a little bit obvious, but it was just such a remarkable lap. It was a remarkable Bathurst moment. There's been some good laps since. There's been some much faster laps since. Uh, But, you know, that magic six, there was just something about it. That was a a heroic achievement uh, and something that I'll always, uh, always remember watching. My earliest memory of the great race is just early starts to catch the warm-up on the Sunday morning. Being excited as a kid and over here in Perth with the time difference. I mean, it's early enough start in Bathurst. Um, it's a much earlier start when you are uh, when you are over here in Perth. So that's the, when I first think of watching Bathurst as a kid, I think about those early starts. The great race is special to me because it's the great race. I remember going to Bathurst for the first time in 2006. doesn't seem like that long ago, but obviously, you know, I grew up in Perth. It's a long way from Mount Panorama, so there were no sort of childhood trips there. It was only when I started working in motorsport that I went there. I remember driving across the Blue Mountains with um, with uh, Grant Rowley and Phil Brannigan. It was just an awesome day. I remember seeing Mount Panorama for the first time. Grant had sort of built me up and said, man, it's going to be amazing when you see this thing, and, and it really was. And I still think about it every time I drive to Bathurst. I still think about um, seeing seeing that sign for the first day and just just how cool it was. I think um, I think Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander are going to win the Bathurst 1000 this year because I just can't think of any reason why they won't win the Bathurst 1000 this year. Best driver in the field at the moment, fantastic co-driver. The way that Shane can manage a race, I just there's there's just no chinks in that armor at all. I think they're going to be very very hard to beat. Uh, you can follow all of my coverage of the Bathurst 1000 at motorsport.com. And please do, because uh, I'll be working very hard that weekend. And it would be nice if uh, there's some people out there reading all the stuff that I'm writing. Hi there, it's Grant Rowley. Uh, you might hear me on the Parked Up podcasts. Richard Crowell, thank you for letting me come on to your podcast for this special Bathurst edition. You've asked me a few questions. And of course, they're all about Bathurst. They're all about Mount Panorama. Uh, and it's absolutely one of my favourite subjects for sure. Uh, of course, um, when I think of Bathurst 1000 moments and the best on-track moment, for me it has to be the 1994 great race. John Bow, Dick Johnson taking a fabulous win. 
in their shell FAI Ford Falcon defeating Craig Lowndes. It was a day of wet. It was a day of dry. The kid was born. Um, it was it was great. And it was great like I was 14 years old. So everything is better, obviously, when you're really young. But uh, it was great because I'd always loved car racing. My dad had always loved car racing, but dad always kicked me out and kicked all of the family out for Bathurst. And he would watch the race from home. But that was the first year that he actually let me sit in there and watch the race. So um, that kind of was uh, something special, really solidified my my love for the sport. I think I really love the sport anyway, but you know, when dad invited me into his own special day, uh, we had Chinese for lunch. Like I, I can basically remember the whole thing uh, like it was yesterday. And um, to have uh, my childhood hero, Dick Johnson, win was um, was was even better. Um, the earliest memory of the great race for me was Dick Johnson hitting the trees at during the top 10 shootout. Now, I actually really don't remember it, but uh, I get told about it enough. I feel like I remember it. So I was only uh, two or three. I had a big picture of Dick Johnson's uh, green stuff falcon up on the wall and mum and dad had to take it off the wall because I was having nightmares about uh, Dick Johnson crashing through trees in Green's Tough Falcon. So uh, it was um, a harrowing experience for my mum and dad, obviously for me, and of course for the trees as well, because uh, yeah, they all got uh, mowed down. So um, bad luck for the trees. Um, okay, the Great Races is like is special for me. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's an amazing place. I'm actually here at Bathurst now. Uh, driving around the town is great, you know, seeing just, just seeing the word Bathurst, seeing the, uh, you know, some famous little pieces around town is awesome. But, you know, any time you steer on, steer that car or walk over bridges onto that racetrack, you just know it's something special. It's um, We love the Touring Car Championship. I love the Touring Car Championship. I love, um, you know, everything that's associated with Australian motorsport, but the, the, there's only one race that matters, really. It's this one race in October normally or uh, used to be in November and damn it, this one is in December. But who cares? Uh, this, the Repco Bathurst 1000 is the race. It's the race that everyone wants to win. It's the race that everyone wants to be a part of, even if it's just in our little media world. Uh, so um, that, uh, yeah, I don't know how much more I can talk about that, uh, this fantastic place or this fantastic race. Uh, Richard, you've asked one more question. Uh, you've actually asked two more questions. Richard, how many questions do you want me to answer here? Uh, I think that... Oh, damn. I think the one of those Red Bull cars, probably Van Gears and Tanda will win. They'll be the favourites. Are they the ones that I want to win? No, maybe not so much. Not so much. I would love to see my little mate, Tony Delberto, who's teaming up with Anton Di Pasquale, win this year's great race. They're uh, like Anton's obviously had a fantastic run at Sydney Motorsport Park. Tony has proved that he can get the job done. Uh, he hasn't been in the car a lot. Just to, just, just ask him. He'll tell you that he's green and he's been sitting on the couch eating corn chips the whole year. But he's ready. I know he's ready. Um, he, you know, you just have to listen to that fantastic podcast parked up and you'll hear, you'll know how ready he is for it. So I'd love to see those guys win. But it certainly wouldn't be able to take anything away from a Van Giers and Garth or or even Craig and Jamie if they were to win as well because they are uh, clearly the benchmark team and will be very hard to beat. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on and uh, happy great racing to everyone.
G'day team, it's Matt and Steve from the driver's seat around Australia. And of course, it is our favourite time of the year. It is Bathurst week coming up. So we thought we'd just dip in and just give a couple of personal thoughts about the Bathurst 1000. Uh, I mean, what was your, of all the Bathurst 1000s you did, Stevie J, what's one of your favourites? Oh, there's so many, mate. But uh, as a driver, I really loved 2007. You know, it was a, a race that... You know, we probably should have won, but we didn't. <laughs> uh, thanks, Lansy. You know, thanks, Lansy. Yeah, very <laughs> tricky conditions in the wet, on slicks at the end. You know, a, a lot of the, I guess, stalwarts of, of supercars, the Russell Ingalls, the Mark Scaifes, all come and gutsa. Jason yep. Bright's in those conditions. Yep. So um, I, I, would, I was always of the opinion that the most talented ones finished that race, So, uh, which we did. <laughs> um, but, of course. Yeah, of course. But... Uh, another one for me, which was quite special, uh, was um, 1998 mm-hmm. with uh, one D Johnson. So the big, the big dick, as the big you know, yeah. Yep, the big on the dick. Show. Just to be able to share that that car finished. Uh, well, we didn't finish that race because we got smashed into. But 1999. Didn't, didn't you just say that all the good ones finished the race? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, just, just no I'm talking about 2007. <laughs> but, but. Uh, to uh, 1999 was uh, DJ's last mm-hmm. year at Bathurst. Uh, we drove together, finished fourth. Mm-hmm. He drove a stellar race with no brakes at the end, and uh, it just it was just very very cool for me to be able to share that with him before he oh, retired. Absolutely sensational. Uh, for me, it was 2006. Of course, we we said farewell to Peter Brock. It was an incredible uh, race, Stevie J. Very emotive, obviously, with Lounsey and the black armband and the whole the whole uh, pomp ceremony prior to the start of the race and then the, the same crowds. weekend the same weekend or the one of the only weekends you saw DJ driving a Tirana that's apart right. from early in his career yeah, he drove right. Brocky's legendary Tirana at Bathurst and that was given the blessing to him by Ford Australia as well which and is great so everybody came together on that weekend and and I love that what are your some of your earliest memories of Bathurst was it sitting at, behind in the DJ pits was it at home what was what are your earliest memories Stevie J my earliest mem- one of my earliest memories is oh, as a kid back in the day we used to have uh, and it was something that was I think cool back then in houses they had a sunken lounge room right so you'd walk down four or five steps if you look at the block this year that was super popular having the sunken lounge room so it's on its way back it's on its way yeah, back like yeah. bell bottoms like what you're wearing tonight Matty sure uh, but <laughs> Where you have this sunken lounge room with this huge velour lounge, like like oh, this velvet, classy. and it was like brown. Yeah. It was perfect. Oh, but I used to make Hollywood. I used to make a race car out of all the bottom and side cushions, right? So, and I used to sit <laughs> in it as a kid, and there used to be a little gap about this big that I used to look through and watch the TV in front of me. Um, and it was the same year, obviously 1980. This was, and this mm-hmm. is when Dad hit the rock, 17 laps in in the race, mm-hmm. and I understand. I mean. Everybody's got to understand that when you look at pictures of that XD Falcon sitting on the side of the road and people are thinking, oh, it's not that, you know, damaged. It didn't look too bad uh, because the cameras wasn't showing the bad side. If you would have seen my makeshift race car from the lounge <laughs> and how it looked after that smash, 
you would understand how bad a crash we had, both of us. So good memories then as a kid. Very good memories as a uh, kid. I think mine was when I was about five years of age. From about that stage, I used to watch the Bathurst 1000. My mum would get me up. I'm a Melbourne boy. She would get me up. She would put the, the tangy heater typically around near me. I'd be in a beanbag with a doona and I wouldn't move until the end of the race. So, And Peter Brock and DJ were, were my great heroes. Uh, and so that was that was awesome. And I, it... it definitely for me was the motivating factor for me to one day be a race driver. And when I stood on top of the podium in my class at the 12 hour, the relief and satisfaction to do that was absolutely sensational because it's a place that I have revered and do revere uh, to this day. Righto. um, Give us your quick tips on who might win the race. Who do you reckon? Oh, I mean, I've got to say Anton De Pasquale or uh, De Pasquale, Anton De Pasquale. Anton De Pasquale. Yeah, and uh, Tony De Alberitio. So uh, okay. I think that they're a hot, you know, very hot favourite. I mean, Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tanner, you know, you've got to say are odds on going to be very tough to beat, as is Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes. So Can you afford so to many. put a fiver on it? Should we put a fiver on it here on camera? Let's put a fiver on it. Okay, let's put a fiver so you on reckon, it. You reckon so Anton? So I reckon Anton and uh, Tony D. And what did you say, oh, Zane Goddard? Oh, did no. you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, Zane. Don't wish to be disrespectful. <laughs> Good luck at the Bathurst 1000. Um, I actually, I'm going to put... I'm going to put all the pressure on Chazzy and Lee Holdsworth. I want those guys to have a win. Uh, now, if you want to hear more of two fat guys having a waffle and a dribble just about <laughs> motorsport, uh, jump onto the driver's seat app. Um, you can do that. You can jump onto your favourite podcast supplier, listen to us on Spotify or Apple or whoever you want to be, or you can tune in to 11.16 around the country. We're on in every single state uh, and every city, and you can have a listen to us then. So, righto, you've got a fiver on Anton de Pasquale, and I'm cheering for Chaz. But either way... In Enjoy your Bathurst 1000. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, some interesting thoughts there, no doubt. Uh, let's get ours. Who wants to kick it off? Well, well, let's let's do it like we did these people. Um, first Bathurst memory. Oh, ah, look, I have a feeling. I have a feeling it would have been 1984, last of the big bangers. Mm. I mean, it might absolutely be my brain not working properly, but apparently your first memories come from when you're about three years old. And I Mm -hmm. reckon it was about the uh, last of the big bangers on the TV. I remember my first memory actually at the track at Bathurst was uh, hitching a lift to the top of the mountain with Terry Morris and his Range Rover, which was, uh, and me pretending not to know who Terry Morris was and saying, uh, he's asked me, who do you think is going to win this weekend? Oh, Paul Morris, sir. Oh, you're my mate. Good on you. That was, that was funny. Mine, I think, I, I have a recollection of watching the 92 finish unfold uh, and going, what on earth is going on? Why has that guy just shunted? And then why is he winning the race? What's going on there? 92 in the rain, Shebex. My, I mean, I've watched numerous Bathurst on the television. I, you are uh, a lot older than the two of us. Was, well, my first live one, and I probably was a little bit later at starting this, it was due to the fact that, I was sent to Bathurst by SEN when I was working for them, 2005, and watched the victory of uh, Mark Scaife and Todd Kelly. That year was my first live one, and I remember that and most since. But, yeah, I, was, I sort of couldn't tell you when. So I'm 54. I reckon I've been watching Bathurst for at least at least 40 years. Mm. So that would put me in, what, the uh, the 80, 
early 80 category. Yep. Uh, favorite, favorite Bathurst memory moment, whatever. A lot of people defaulted to the racing itself. Um, honestly, my favorite Bathurst moments are the ones when we get the team, the group together and go and have a beer or we go to the Great Wall on Sunday night or it's the traditions around the race week that I love the most. It's we go to a, one place Thursday night and then there's another place Saturday night Friday night, quiet night, Sunday night, you know, the debrief location. I love all of that stuff about it. And, and everyone's got their own Bathurst traditions, but that's, that's what fires me up about it. But from an on-track point of view, it's 95 LP passing uh, Alan Jones down Conrad straight. I, I agree with your first point there to the point that I'm not actually going to go to the circuit this weekend. I'll just stay yeah. at home and uh, arrange the social responsibilities. Um, mine's probably 2014. That finished there when mm. I was working for the JD side of the Nissan camp and and I've walked down to, to the pits and it's like, well, hang on a second, what's going on here? We're <laughs> going to finish third. And when he got to third, I remember in the pits, there was just dazed and confused individuals sort of walking around in circles. Not, And I shouted at them, you got to get to the fence right now. Like, this is happening. you got to go stop doing what you're doing and get to the fence. And, you know, going down to the podium there and I remember – Terry Morris again standing next to me in tears and it didn't compute that Paul Morris won the Bathurst 1000 <laughs> I thought he was some yeah. sort of Chas Mostert fan and then there's all these Walkinshaw guys there and it made no sense it was just mm. such a, a wild crazy little finish when you're disconnected down there in team land it, it was a, a really cool thing yeah we've got a good memory of that because we were calling the race at the time oh. with, uh, <laughs> behind us and how he didn't swear in that final lap on air well he yeah. might have yeah, well, we, we didn't get sanctioned by the broadcasting agency, did we? And, no. um, yeah, well, it was a combination of the fact his best mate, Paul Morris, was about to win Bathurst and probably down to the fact he was going to make five figures off uh, them winning it as well. But either way, that's a story yeah. for another day. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, well, 2000, 2006 for me. Mm. Sorry, and I agree with you. The, the traditions around it are fantastic. I love Sunday morning driving to the track and you get to see all the smoke that's coming from all the campsites around, and you just get that really eerie feeling because the sun's just starting to come over the hill, if it is, yet. And it's just an amazing place to get to, and you think, yeah. wow, here we are, race day. It's it's great. But no, uh, the year that, yeah, obviously, Lousy won the Peter Brock Trophy for the first time, and it was just that was just such an emotional year that year that, that that's embedded in my brain, and It'd be hard to beat that as a uh, as a, an on track moment. Well, the final one, boys, is who the hell wins the great race of twenty twenty one? And don't say ninety seven. <laughs> oh, it has to be ninety seven. Yeah, I mean, so. I think ninety seven with the win, but then you could probably box the rest into a trifecta. You know, Mostert, Paltworth's in there, Waters, Moffat's in there, De Pasquale and Alberto in there. But it's Bathurst. Are we going to get a crazy one? Are mm, we due? We I mean, do. you never know. I mean, if it's a crazy one, then absolutely anyone's got a chance. Yeah, we're due. I, I, I'll go 88 only for the reason that I think it'd be cool Good for night. Jamie. Uh, sorry, yeah, for, for Jamie to retire on a, on a winning note and for Craig to get number eight. I think that would be tremendous. That'd be a huge story. 
Yeah, um, I did. I did that last year, and it broke my heart. So yes, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is it the I, last time that we could see Craig Lowndes drive? No, he's got no. another year on his deal. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. He'll be back at least one more year, and yep. he'll go around again, surely. Ah, yeah, surely. Yeah. Um, but then uh, podium. I, I just, as long as it's a good race, I, I honestly don't care who's on the podium outside of it. But I'm going to back Brown and Perkins to a podium finish for Erebus. I reckon that'd be a tremendous story to cap off that ridiculous year that they've had and, and certainly over exceeded all of our expectations. Um, and of course, what's Bob Bain? it has to be Bryce Forward and bloody Warren Luff because he doesn't <laughs> not go on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll maybe put them for third, Perkins Brown second, chasing down Craig Lowndes at the end or uh, Jamie Winkup. That'd be pretty good fun. Hey, guys, before we wrap up. Uh, hey, I'm on... my chips yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. 2597888, box trifecta. Okay. Any order. What's that paying? Hey. What's that paying for the trifecta? I don't know, but that'll be pretty good. I okay. can work it out in a sec. No. Uh, and definitely think Will Brown and Jack Perkins as a good outside combination. I'd be surprised if you didn't get twenty-five to one on those guys, at least. Yeah, yeah. I think they're paying. I think they're twenty-one. I have looked. About twenty-one dollars, I reckon. Yeah, there you go. So that's that's not a bad. It's not a bad wager, is it? If you do that kind of thing, gamble responsibly, folks. And if you're at Sportsbet and you're listening to this podcast, sponsor us next year and we'll do this more. And we'll become addicted to gambling. I don't have a problem with it. That's fine. Well, no, because their money can pay for it. That'd be great. And and, yeah, sorry, Rich. um, Mm. Keep it glued to the race talk this week. Because we're going to have lots of stuff. We're going to have a lot of stuff. We are. And there'll be ways for you to contribute, of course. Uh, The Bathurst Power Rankings are our, always our most read column of the week, of the year. So keep in mind from Tuesday, the hot, the knots and the watts. I reckon, and we speak as modestly as we can, Mark, but the power rankings have been great for the last four weeks. Not I reckon bad. they've been very solid. Very when I, solid. When are we going to have a chance to meme it up though? Because we've got a bit on this whole race weekend i well i think the meme i think the meme will come in the final hour of the race really yeah okay yeah it'll be something millhousey i'm just throwing it out there if you don't know what the hell we're talking about go to the racetalk.com go to the doric power rankings 25 percent off checkout code at the end at the shop uh and scroll right to the bottom and you'll understand what we're talking about who would have thought a website could be well known more than anything for its Simpsons memes, a motorsport site. But there you go. That's our niche that we've carved. Why um, somebody think about the children? It's so good. Before, oh yeah, that. Um, before we wrap up, boys, uh, I just want to give a shout out. And I know that he will still be listening to this show because at Sydney Motorsport Park on Sunday, I just finished calling the final S5000 race. I think it was Sunday. Um, no, correction. It was Saturday. Um and I wandered out of the commentary box and someone yelled my name. And generally it means that I've bolted something up on air and said something stupid. Um, but what actually it was, was a lovely bloke by the name of Declan, who was with his mate, Ryan. And uh, they're from Newcastle. And it turns out that Declan is the listener to On The Grid. We make this show for Declan. Good, to the good. very best of my knowledge, he's one of about three listeners. Are, so, are, you, are you saying this is recorded? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Just breaking the fourth wall of podcasting here. Um, so I just wanted to say to Declan, thank you very much for stopping us. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're thrilled that you listened to the show 
Uh, I told you that I'd give you a shout out and I'm giving you one right now. And to your mate, Ryan, who was there as well. Hope you enjoyed Saturday. I can't remember if they said they were coming back Sunday or not. I hope you didn't. Um, but thanks for stopping by. Right. beers up there? Uh, no, they'll, they'll come back. Newcastle next year. Okay. Newcastle next year, I reckon. Uh, maybe 12 hour. 12 hours is very special to the show. Maybe we do beers on the race talk at the 12 hour. You've got connections. You, you probably know someone who's yeah. got a brewery by that yeah, stage. We'll, yeah, we'll be on that. So I just wanted to give that special shout out, Shebex, because uh, I love it when people come up and tell us they actually love this waffle that we produce. God knows why, but thank you. Thank you to everyone who listens, and thank you guys. You make the show, there's no doubt about it. You give us that impetus to uh, just come back each week and do it all again. All right, we're going to get ourselves ready for what's going to be a massive week up on the mountain. Richard Quayle is going to be our on-site man. Mark and I will be sitting at home. But no, Mark Mark is oh, absolutely, going, eh? yes. Oh, yes. Well, you you don't sell him a Baptist trip short. Jeez. No, I'm, I was going to be sitting at the church bar for seven nights straight, but ah, I'll probably go to the track no, at some stage, yeah. I thought things had changed. No, uh, no. Dale will be up there as well. Dale will be up here as I'm well. I'm the only one that's not coming. No, you're missing out. No, that's all right. Uh, guys, enjoy your week. We will. Yeah, we will. Thanks for listening. Um, we probably, by the time you're listening to this, Race Week Bathurst will have something a little bit different for you podcast-wise. And then we're back with usual programming the week after, I think, Shebeck's. Yep. with the big Bathurst debrief. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right, we'll uh, leave it at that, folks. Have a great week, a great Bathurst week. We'll catch you again soon right here on The Grid.